Welcome back to the Law Unscripted, where we talk about everything about the law and the legal system that you never knew. Never understood. And no one ever told you. I'm Virginia Tarani. And I'm Chelsea Rogers. And we are part of Tarani Law LLC because you never need a lawyer. Till you do. All right, everybody. We are off and running on what happens after you get arrested or get a ticket. Um, So everything that happens between getting arrested or getting a ticket all the way through district court. Um, So up to trial or preliminary hearing, because my friend here, (laughs) who's a law student, Chelsea doesn't know. It's confusing. Like, okay, I think the problem is when they teach it to you in law school, like you learn all of it separately, but not sort of the practical like timelines thing, I think is what makes it confusing. Um, so yeah, I feel like I can, I can add in some fun commentary, but you're going to be teaching me a lot here. No, it's good. And I think this is a good back and forth for anyone who, who's a law student who is learning these things in the book and they don't have a proper understanding of how it actually works. What those time, like you said, what the timelines are. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> I understand that you actually thought it was a very quick timeline. And I was like, whoa, hold on. Uh, hello, speedy trial. Right. Like I thought we were on Not it. that speedy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, yeah. In my mind, you were like, okay, you're arrested. The next day you're arraigned. Like a week later, you like have a prelim hearing. That yeah. would be great if it worked like that. But yes and no. It's it's generally most prosecutors and criminal defense attorneys would agree that it's not good to be that quick. Right. Um, I'm about efficiency. Well, <laughs> let's in and out. Let's go. There, there is some efficiency argument, but then there's other things. So, so yes, constitutional so, rights. <laughs> um, we're not at the lynch mob. <laughs> Not that quick hearing. We need some evidence. We need some witnesses. Some investigation. Some investigation by both parties. For sure. Um, so, so we're going to get into the actual timelines, what happens, and we're going to do it. The other thing is it's practical, okay? So anyone who is out on the street gets pulled over, gets a ticket. Um, mm. What happens if you just get a ticket and walk away versus what happens if you have done something that warrants an arrest? So we're going to take a couple of examples. We're going to do the what happens when you get pulled over in Virginia. (laughs) But this applies to other states. What happens when you get pulled over? Um, Can they arrest you? What happens if they do arrest you? And what happens if it's a misdemeanor, like a simple traffic offense, a misdemeanor traffic offense that is incarcerable, is a jailable offense? And what happens if it's a felony? So we're going to go through some hypotheticals that you may want to listen to because it it might happen to you. I've had too many friends, honestly, especially in Virginia with the um, reckless driving rules where they don't realize it's up to one year in jail if it's reckless driving. That was wild to me to find out. I think most people think of most sort of moving traffic violation type things as a fine. Um, but when I moved up here and I met you, you told, we learned, I learned that you could be arrested. That was, it still blows my mind because I don't think most people think about it like that. Like if someone was like, Oh my God, I've been arrested. You'd be like, for what? What what did you do? And they're like reckless driving. You're like, I sped. (laughs) But like truly, Virginia is just cracking down. It, it does. And so I'll tell you, for when I was prosecuting in Virginia, 
the reckless driving rules were either 20 miles over the speed limit or 80 miles an hour. Okay. It was one of those two. That was it. So if you hit one of those two things, you could be arrested and charged with reckless driving, which is a class one misdemeanor in Virginia. And that means it's up to a year in jail. So you could just be driving 80 miles an hour, mm-hmm. get pulled over, and end up in handcuffs. Correct. Now, they have changed it. Um, I've got to look up the rule because I'm not prosecuting in right, Virginia right. anymore, but they did change it. Um, it's not much better, um, but there is something there is something different in the last few years, but it is still a very strict rule. Um, my best advice to anyone is please don't speed in Virginia because it really, you're driving through, it's a state where you drive through yeah. a lot, right? To get to DC, to get to Philly. To, I mean, it's it's yeah. a state that you drive through a lot and a lot of people traveling get stuck with this rule. They're on the interstate, they get reckless driving and all of a sudden they have to come back to Virginia because- it's a class one misdemeanor. Wow. But I'll tell you, the, the wild thing to me was, I'm, so I moved up to Maryland, and mm-hmm. now I've been doing Maryland, and I went into court for um, some clients on basic traffic tickets, but they were doing some of the speeding tickets, and I was floored because there were two that I remember. One was like a 92 miles an hour, okay? 92 miles an hour. Another one was 132. 132 miles an hour in Maryland, it wasn't a jailable offense. Right, but 10 miles down the road in Virginia. In Virginia, man, you would have been doing jail time. If you were 132 miles an hour, the judge would have possibly put you in jail for the entire year. Wow. Because it's they consider it that reckless. I mean, how reckless is that? How lucky it is that somebody doing that hadn't been in a car wreck. Yeah. But in Maryland, I'm listening to this. And of course, the judge is absolutely appalled and doing the best that they can, but it wasn't a jailable offense. So there's only so much you can do with it. So in me, I'm like, what is this? Why why am I in Maryland? And why does Maryland, you know, do... (laughs) Not prosecute this to the full extent of the law. And I was like, but that's their law. Each state is different. So whatever state you're in, I highly encourage you to check your traffic rules for speeding. Because in some states, the speeding itself can be a form of reckless driving that could put you in jail. Versus other states where you may get a really high fine and it will go on your driving record. It'll be points on your record. um, But you may not go to jail. Wow. That's kind of scary. And that was a really long no, soliloquy. But no, I think, like I said, I don't think most people think about it like that. But it could be something as small as that or, you know, you'd be arrested for lots of things. Right. So let's let's take some hypotheticals. Okay. Um, we're going to do traffic stops. Perfect. Um, because that is the most common... Interaction with the law. That people have. Yeah. So there are a lot of felonies. Of course, you know, you do robbery, that sort of thing. You're going to have an interaction with the law. But for most people, yeah. the the normal interaction they have with the law is a traffic stop, right? Right. That's the most common interaction yeah. that, quote, normal people have with the law. Yeah, for sure. So we're going to take three scenarios. We're going to take one scenario where it is a basic traffic ticket. Then we're going to take the second scenario of reckless driving in Virginia. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to take a third scenario of high-class drugs. Ooh, scandalous. Yes, scandalous. So 
Let's start. Okay. So I'm in my car, right? (laughs) Of course it's going to be Chelsea. (laughs) Are we surprised? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, y'all, I don't, I don't speed very often. I am such, being, having been a prosecutor, (laughs) I know, having been a prosecutor and a criminal defense attorney and now being a personal injury attorney, I am terrified of speeding, of driving recklessly. I, I know too much. I will say, okay, so I will say this. When I moved up here and you told me about Virginia's loss, that curbed it, stopped it immediately in Virginia. Um, However, I will say, you know, take whatever sort of you can glean from this policy position you want, that what I think has impacted my behavior more than any law has been seeing things in personal injury. That will interesting versus the criminal. Yes, like it's not the sort of the punishment. It's all the crazy things you read in torts and that you see in a personal injury case immediate change because once you see that there's like no one seeing it right yeah and and I think that is true because what we're seeing on the personal injury side is all the damage right that traffic accidents and traffic behavior actually produce hi Charlie we have all the puppies here with us today there we go so yes our we as part of the law unscripted we believe in dogs um and hi sweetheart yes um we usually have them and today we have all three i don't know if you can see them but um my little blonde boy who's trying to get himself comfortable i'm gonna move my mic a little to encourage him here um that's the one sitting on me right (laughs) now um this is a blonde or golden cocker spaniel so sweet one of the most common cocker spaniels this is charlie um, I don't know if the camera's picking it up, but to my left side against my leg is my other Cocker Spaniel, a merle-colored Cocker Spaniel named Willow. And I don't know if they can see the one next to you, Chelsea. I don't know, but it's Sky, and she has her little sweater on, and I'm not petting her because she is asleep. She's so cute over here. Yeah, she's a little silky terrier, kind of like a Yorkie. Um, and she is little and she gets really cold. It's kind of cold this season. So we do have her in a little sweater. If you can see her on the camera, we're not sure where the, the lines are today, but Charlie really wants to be with somebody. Come here, Charlie. There we go. So we're trying to make this happen while we Perfect. have Chelsea speeding. Great. So I am speeding. I'm like, you know, I'm <laughs> sorry on the microphone and the audio, especially the podcast listeners. Um, many apologies, but hopefully you understand think, that it's yeah. all in... Support of the dogs. Absolutely. And Chelsea speeding. And I'm speeding, right? Like I'm listening to my true crime podcast, my murder podcast. (laughs) Yes, of course. Singing along to Taylor Swift, you know, like all too well, jamming out and got the sirens, got the lights behind me, right? How do you make (laughs) insert that special effect? (laughs) So I, you know, immediately start crying, pull over on the side of the road. Start crying. (laughs) Look, this is real, (laughs) y'all. Truthfully... Before I went to law school um, and met Virginia, I used to speed a lot in Georgia. Like, I don't think I ever drove the speed limit. So, of course, I'd been pulled over a fair amount of times. So, you get over the side of the road. The cop comes up. While you're crying. Right. Oh, my God. Okay. And I'm assuming he says, do you know how fast you were going? Yes. A um, question you should never answer. Yes. You... It, Many people are like, no, or yes. Um, the the best kind of response is as vague as possible. Yes. Um, 
Well, possibly. <laughs> um, My cruise control maybe, was set. <laughs> maybe. How fast do you think that I was going? Um, <laughs> so the the less engagement, but without being confrontational. Of course. Um, the, the less things you can admit to, the better. But don't be so vague where they start pulling you out of the car. Right. Um, but in this case, we know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into some trouble. Yes. So the officer takes your license give me your license your registration your insurance card pull those out of your glove box have them in your glove box try to you know like i made the mistake of only having mine on the app one time it was a disaster i recommend the 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 hard copies yeah and what so what happens is you're more likely to get another charge right if you don't have it accessible um especially in maryland what happens is they'll say license registration and insurance card and people are like, oh, well, I have my insurance card on my app, but they're nervous. Yeah. Um, and they can't find it quickly enough. And you only have so much time, according to the law, to produce it. Right. So what will happen is Chelsea can't produce it in time because it's on her app, which apparently she's... Deleted off my phone for storage or whatever. <laughs> so she has insurance, but she can't pull it up in time. She doesn't yes. have the physical copy. She can't pull it up in time. So what's likely to happen in Maryland is, oh, wow, okay, you, here's your speeding ticket. But now I'm also charging you with failure to have insurance or failure to produce... Deuce insurance in a timely manner, which is a whole nother charge in Maryland. Mm-hmm. Um, so now Chelsea's got two. Okay. So Chelsea's yes. got two bad traffic day tickets. over here. Very bad day. Here's your speeding ticket. Here's your ticket for failure to produce your insurance card in time. Uh, check the court for the date that will be coming soon. Great. And I get to drive away very slowly as the cop is still watching me. <laughs> And really get a cry on the way home, right? Yes, exactly. I am leaving. You are leaving. You should be leaving the scene, assuming your registration is good, assuming your license is not suspended. Let's assume that it's not. She gets to drive away. She has a summons, um, which is a summons to appear in court Mm -hmm. for her tickets. Um, If it is just a standard ticket, Mm -hmm. and even in Virginia, check your states, But most states will have tickets that are prepayable. So you can choose to prepay. Mm -hmm. When you get home, you're like, I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to go to court. I'll prepay them. It's usually usually a high fine um, that you get, that you're prepaying. And there will be points on your license if you prepay. Um, But for the insurance, you're going to have to come to court. Okay. And what happens then? So you are summoned to court. You will get something in the mail that says, here's your court date. Or in Virginia, they'll go ahead and give you a court date. Oh, wow. And you will have to appear for your court date. And here's where you were arraigned. Okay. Okay. So we still get in this, the, here's your charge. You have been charged with the following crime. Yes. Um, So it's telling you what you've been charged with. Mm -hmm. Here's the crime. Here's what it's punishable by. You can be punished by a fine of this amount and or jail of this amount. So they have to tell you this. Um, you plead guilty or not guilty. And then depending on the state that you're in, some, if you produce your insurance, they'll dismiss the charge where you right. say, look, I really do have insurance. I was just panicked. I'm sorry. I panicked. I couldn't pull it up in time. A lot of times they'll, they'll dismiss it, but okay. it depends on your state. It depends on your judge. It depends on and your they don't driving have record. To. And they don't have to. They don't. So check your state, check what's going on. 
Um, but also some of the time, if you actually appear in court and fight your other ticket, your speeding yes. ticket, they will sometimes reduce it where Ooh. if you were going 80 miles an hour, they'll reduce it down to 70 miles an hour because it's fewer points on your license. Okay. So you want to ask them, you know, can you reduce it? Here's my excuse. Here's why I was speeding so much. Um, and they'll often reduce, but what if I say I was not doing it? I was not speeding. Prove it. You can absolutely do that. That is a defense to anything is I didn't do it. And you have your day in court. Okay. So you have the right to have a trial, have the officer appear in court. They have to produce evidence as to how and how you were speeding, how they know you were speeding. Mm -hmm. And they have to produce it. If the officer doesn't appear, there's no evidence. Right. You ask for the charge to be dismissed or you to be found not guilty because there's no witness and yeah. no evidence against you. And so for these lower type of mm -hmm. things that are just a speeding or a failure to produce insurance or something like that, the officer might not be there. Correct. And especially now, and I hate to say this, but y'all, we're in 2023. Mm -hmm. There's been the defund the police campaigns, right? And for whatever you want to say about them in most states or at least the two that I primarily work yeah. in, in Maryland and Virginia, um, especially in Maryland. Staffing shortages. There's such a staffing shortage of police officers where people don't want to be police officers right. in the current climate. So they're having mass retirements of people mm -hmm. who are retiring earlier than they normally would have. Um, and then you're having... People don't want to be a part of the new program. So you're having fewer right. cadets to train. Um, in Montgomery County right now, they're doing bonuses. It's like a $20,000 like signing bonus. Wow. Because they're so desperate to have officers because they have a full staffing shortage. So when you have that kind of staffing shortage, for good or for ill, <laughs> for the people like Chelsea with this kind of ticket... <laughs> You want to bank on the police officer not being there. And it's not because they don't want to be there. It's not because they're not doing their job. But if they have to be on call on a right. normal shift, well, they're going to choose that versus going to court. Or they've been working so much overtime that, okay, maybe they're not working, but they're so tired they don't want right. to come to court. So there are all these reasons that an officer may not be in court. And you want to... Make them be there. And if yeah. they can't be there, don't plead to, and don't prepay. <laughs> don't plead to anything. Right. Plead not guilty. Make them prove it. Make them prove it. It is still a criminal charge. A traffic ticket is still a criminal charge. Yeah. So you can make them prove it. And if they can't, you are found not guilty. If they can't be there, even if they can be there, but they can't prove that you were speeding. If something you can question their radar gun. Question the LIDAR gun to question the evidence. And maybe you're found not guilty. But if they can prove it, at least ask for a reduction of yeah. the points on your license, the fine that you're given. A little bargaining in there. Yeah, you can. It's like, hey, you know, this is my first offense. The people who are screwed are the people who have a lot. 
of offenses. <laughs> <laughs> They're the ones in court who it's the, the officer or the judge is going to look up the traffic record or the judge is going to say, officer, did you run the record? And it's like, yeah, it's, you know, they're negative 20 on right. their, their license in Virginia. Well, that's not good. Um, you're more likely to get a higher fine. You're more likely not to have a case dismissed or reduced. Um, you're more likely to go to jail depending on... So that's if it's an incarcerable, but I mean, for these that are sort of not, that's basically where it ends, right? Either come to your day of court, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe you plead guilty and just pay it or or negotiate and get it, you know, down a little bit and you accept responsibility or you make them prove it, but it kind of ends there. It does. That's, that is usually the end of a traffic ticket. So that is basic traffic ticket, basic traffic stop. Charlie, you're killing me today. He's just looking to snuggle somewhere. He is. He's such a sweet boy. Willow just is stuck here <laughs> as long as she's on a blanket and next to somebody. But Charlie wanders around. Okay, so now I'm leaving my court date and I'm about to get back in the car. <laughs> you getting back in the car. All right. Where are you going? And I am trying to get away from the court as quickly as possibly. <laughs> possible (laughs) all right scenario two and y'all we are struggling with these microphones today so please excuse us again just bear with us on the audio we yeah today has been a little off we'll get back in the swing of things yeah but it's good okay so i'm like gotta get out of here gotta go Mm -hmm. so now i am trying to get away in this maryland court and i have drifted into virginia (laughs) which is very easy to do around here in one of my apartments, I used to drive through Virginia into Maryland to go to campus. Like it is to go to DC. Yes, to go to DC. So I, I mean, I would be in all three multiple days a week. And yeah, it's, you're. It's you're really on like the same road. So I have now drifted into Virginia. <laughs> and and this is the thing for those of you who don't know this area, and it's called the DMV area. It's, it's so compacted. It's <laughs> very compact between DC, Maryland, and Virginia, and this is Northern Virginia. And there's the Beltway, yes, which you're driving 495, 395, 66. All of these are right close to each other. I used to. Mm-hmm. I do not like driving in DC. It stresses me out. Um, some people don't mind it. It really oh, stresses it's so terrible. me out. I used to drive in Alexandria and Arlington when I lived in Virginia, and I, <laughs> I cannot explain it, but somehow I would end up on one of the bridges crossing into D.C. Yep. I was in Arlington, and the next thing I knew, I was in D.C., and I had no idea how I got on that bridge, but once you're on the bridge, you can't get off, and there's D.C. Um, so this is truth. And around here, it is such, like you said, closely compact. So it is very easy to drive from one little state and jurisdiction right into the other. So now you're in Virginia. Which, again, just drives home the point that the laws are different. You might not even know you have crossed state lines and you have entered a whole new territory. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing what I was doing in Maryland. Yeah. But maybe a, a little bit faster, a little bit more dramatic, through Virginia, and here we go again. We got lights and sirens. I'm yes. getting pulled over. What happens here? Okay, depending on your speed, and let's say it's a high yeah. speed. Let's put let's, you at 90. Let's put you there. Yeah. Um, you are definitely going to have a reckless driving charge. So now lights and sirens are coming. You're pulled over. 
Um, you're asked for the same thing, your license, your registration. And um, say I have all of it now. I just left the now court in Maryland. you have it because you learned your lesson. You pull it out of your glove box. You produce it. But it doesn't matter because this is reckless driving. And reckless driving in Virginia is a full class one misdemeanor up to a year in jail. Charlie, come on. Come on. There we go. Aww. <laughs> We're trying to he get He finally him settled. got settled. There we go. Okay, um, so here. So now you are more likely to be arrested. Ma'am, will you please step out of the car? Right? <laughs> yes. Yes. So. Okay, so let's, we're going to walk through what mm-hmm. happens if you're arrested for go a misdemeanor for in Virginia. Okay. So, ma'am, step out of the car. I'm crying at this point, obviously. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you're crying even harder. <laughs> You've called your mom. Mom, I'm going to jail. <laughs> I think my mom would I don't think I would call my mom to be quite honest like I think I would be more terrified of my mom than going to jail I think I would just have to accept those consequences I'm not calling my mom (laughs) okay Chelsea's not calling her mom but she's still in tears so now I'm in handcuffs they said you were driving recklessly Mm -hmm. that is a misdemeanor in Virginia so we yeah. are arresting you. Yeah. So your car will be towed. Okay. And now you're going to have a tow expense on a, in addition to everything else, of right? Of course. Tow, tow yard. You're going to have all of that expense. You're put in the back of the squad car. You were taken to um, the jail and you go through booking. Okay. And so booking, like that's the, the mug shot, right? Fingerprints. Yeah. Fingerprints, mug shot. Not necessarily a mug shot now. Depends. Felonies, Yes. Um, misdemeanor, you're, they're going to do your prints for okay. sure. Um, and they're going to process you through most likely a magistrate. Again, depends on your jurisdiction, but most likely they're either going to process you before a magistrate or they have probable cause, <laughs> right? They, they yeah. had probable cause, reasonable suspicion to pull you over mm-hmm. that you were committing a crime. Yes, they saw it happen. Mm-hmm. So then they had probable cause to arrest you because... Yes. They have enough information that you were driving well over the speed limit, which puts you into that territory of reckless driving. Okay. So you're processed through. And the question is, do we release you? Right. So that's the, you know, bond hearing or bail hearing. And at those, you would think a lot of them, you would just be, especially if it's like a reckless driving, like, you know, ROR, right? For most, but maybe not. Maybe this is my 10th reckless driving. Well, what do you mean by ROR? Released on your own recognizance? See, I don't think everybody knows Oh, I that. didn't even realize that. Um, yes. Yeah, so an ROR, um, depending on your state, mm-hmm. is released on your own recognizance. Right. Um, I know it more like personal recognizance. That's yeah. more of how I hear it, is just released on your own recognizance or personal recognizance um, bond. Hi, baby. So these are the terms that you might hear. Yeah, I feel like every jurisdiction says them a little bit different. If this is your first offense and you don't have a really big record, oh goodness. If you don't have a really big record, then again, sorry you guys for the audio. Um, But puppies, so. Worth it. (laughs) (laughs) So worth it. Um, So if you don't have a big record, let's say this is like your first incarcerable offense, jailable offense ever, then you are likely going to be released on your own recognizance where they say, okay, 
we're going to say a PR bond of $2,000. Okay. okay. PR is personal recognizance or ROR bond of $2,000. Oh, so this is slightly different. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is the difference. So at least what I was familiar with back home is ROR is there's no there's no money involved. You're just okay. released. Um, so maybe that's like the slight difference is that if you get an ROR, like you don't have to pay anything, you're just out. Right. And, and that is different in each jurisdiction. Yes. Check your states. And I think one of the biggest things... To, to know here is there are differences in states. Oh, for sure. There's basics that are the same. You have to have probable cause. You can be arrested if it's a jailable offense. Yeah. You have to have some kind of bond hearing or bond set, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you will have to come back for a trial. So there are basics that are going to be the same for every jurisdiction. Yes. But there are a lot of these extra small things that are, are different. So yeah, okay, so I you know they they take my fingerprints and then the next sort of step in the process is going in front of either a magistrate or a judge usually. and having sort of that usually it's like an arraignment and a bond hearing sort of together. Usually, but for your type of offense, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily. Okay. If it's a personal recognizance, it's sometimes you won't even go before a magistrate. Sometimes so it's, they just process you out at the, right, at the jail. Here's the process. Sometimes they will, again, check your jurisdiction. But in your particular case, yeah. they're more likely to say either ROR or in Virginia, a PR bond where they will say, we're going to release you on personal cognizance, but it's going to be $2,000. Okay, which so means what does that mean? If you don't come to your court hearing, you owe, you owe the 2000 So we don't think you're you know, a huge risk to the community. We don't think you're going to run away. But if you don't show up, there is going to be a financial um, cost to you. So kind of an impetus to I like come that. back to Like court. a penalty for not showing yeah. up. Yeah. And then sort of your traditional bail or bond is, you know, bail is set at $100,000 or whatever it is. And then a percentage of that, you go through a bondsman. Yeah. And let's talk about that on this, the third yes. scenario. Because that'll get to the more, like the serious crimes. Yeah. That's the more serious crimes when we start talking about that. Um, but for a reckless driving, if, if you've had a lot of them. Maybe it's, you know, my fifth one. Then, <laughs> then maybe they hold you overnight and wait for the judge to arraign you in the morning. Um, and it's a secured bond. Okay. And in a secured bond, you're looking at, you do have to pay the percentage. Right. Um, but for a normal, this class one misdemeanor, you don't have a huge record. Um, you just happen to be speeding in Virginia. (laughs) They're more likely to release you on your own recognizance, but now your car is in the tow yard. (laughs) Yes. I have a question for you. That just in your experience as an attorney, and I would, I mean, I have what my guess is going to be at this point, most people probably don't have an attorney that they've contacted, that they know. Correct. So they are just sort of being shepherded through this mm-hmm. process. And probably yeah. when they're released, that's when they go and look for an attorney. Usually, yes, is they get but released. But hey, maybe it's their 10th one. They know. They already they, have it. They know the drill, Joe. right? <laughs> Here I am again, sitting in the car. I'm about to be arrested. Can you come down to the station? <laughs> Okay, perfect. So then, you know, you're you're released, mm-hmm. but you're not done. You're not done because you have to come back to court. Um, I can't just pay a fine on this one. Not on these. Um, on these where it's a jailable offense, you cannot just pay a fine. If it's Maryland and, you know, you are driving on a suspended license, it's a jailable offense. You have to come back to court. You have to show up 
in front of a judge. So you'll get that little summons in the mail, right? Correct. You'll get the summons either when you're released Mm -hmm. or they'll mail it to you. Um, You had better have your mailing address up to date with the Department of Motor Vehicles, whatever they call it in your state. It's the Department of Motor Vehicles in Virginia. It's the MVA or Motor Vehicle Administration in Maryland. So you're driving administration, right? Check, make sure your address is up to date there because whatever address is on your license is the address they're going to use for court. And if they mail the summons to the address that you have listed on your license and that is not your address, you need to change it immediately with the court and with the, the Department of Motor Vehicles because they're going to send you court documents. And if they send it to the address of record... You had notice, and if you don't show up for your court date, that's on you, and you will get an arrest warrant. Scary. Yeah. I'm reminding myself I need to update my address on my driver's license. Oh, God. (laughs) Put a pin in that. Yes, please, please. Still says Georgia. Like, I am. Oh, God, Chelsea. Good thing I take the metro. (laughs) You should have just pled the fifth to that. Honestly, this is my problem. I talk too much, right? Look, I'll tell you everything. Officers listening. Oh my god. Okay, so I'm at home now. Yes, it was very dramatic. You know, I'm getting myself some Chinese food. It was really terrible. So you're yes, you're trying to figure out how you're going to pay the four hundred dollars for the tow. Right, Um, and also now an attorney. Yes, now you're going to pay an attorney. And so now the summons comes in the mail. Mm -hmm. And so okay, we're going to fast forward. Got my summons. I show up on the court date. What happens then? Well, depending on whether you were arraigned um, by a judge or a magistrate at the jail, let's assume you weren't. Let's assume you got a personal recognizance bond, you were released, you got a summons. You come back to a court date to be arraigned. Okay. And that's the arraignment is when the judge, kind of like we said before, the judge tells you, here's the charge that you have. And you enter your plea. Here's, yeah, here's the See, it's all connecting now. (laughs) Yeah, and you plead guilty or not guilty. And if it's an incarcerable... Yeah. They have to tell you. They have to advise you of your right to counsel. So they have to tell you at that time because it's an incarcerable offense, mm-hmm. you're entitled to counsel. Right. If you do not have the money to pay for an attorney, you can fill out this form and get an attorney. That sounds like a fun little thing called Miranda, which usually happens before, it's, but it's it hits similar. on the same right. It's very similar. So Miranda is you don't have to say anything, right? right? So that's your right not to incriminate yourself. Mm-hmm. But then once we get into court, it's your right to counsel. Right. Um, so we're getting two different rights that are being hit. The judge tells you yeah. you have your right to counsel. There is the Miranda the warning, which is that says I've been watching too much Law and Order. It's I. It's in my head. It's on the brain. Yeah. So in the Miranda warnings, there is counsel, um, but it's more seen that the judge has to advise you right. by law. They have to advise you of your right to counsel. Yes. If it's an incarcerable offense. And then if you don't have enough money, they have forms that you fill out to see if you meet the threshold. To get a public defender. Because I look, I'm a broke broke law student. Let me go ahead and fill out that form. (laughs) Yeah. And if your assets do not, you know, exceed your debts, if you only make so much money per year, you could very well qualify for a public defender. So there is usually the public defender's office there to give you a form to sign you up. If you make too much money, they're going to say, you can get an attorney of your own. Right. And then they give you a new court date for trial. Okay. So now it, this in-between time is just, yes. you know, you're kind of meeting with an, an attorney, either the public Hopefully. defender or yeah. someone who 
hired and we're going to fast forward. All right. Now it is trial day. Trial date. And now as in contrast to sort of like a higher level felony or something, you're not really having these type of hearings generally in between the trial date. I mean, you might, but not usually. Yeah. If it's a misdemeanor, um, usually there's not much in between your arraignment and your trial, maybe a continuance hearing or a continuance request. Yeah. That's the most common. It's like scheduling things. Right. Sometimes there's another bond hearing, but that's really if for some reason you were still in jail. Um, there are a lot of other issues we can talk about on the yeah. felony side, but that's usually your, you've got an arrest warrant on something else, um, or you've got a really bad record and they're afraid of you driving at all. Um, kind of thing. Fair, honestly. <laughs> but yeah, usually it's arraignment to trial in a misdemeanor setting. And at this point you go to trial and you have, you can have a full trial. Absolutely. Just like a traffic ticket. So you in Maryland and Virginia, can you have a jury trial for misdemeanors like this? Yes. Okay. You can, um, because it's incarcerable, you have the right to a jury trial. So here we hit on another right that you have. Yes. Um, you do have the right to a jury trial, but you have to be careful because in Maryland, if you ask for a jury trial, boom, there it is. You go across the street and have a jury trial, depending on the court. In Montgomery County, again, this was a surprise. Maybe you remember this from another episode, but it was a surprise to me that it was They just keep you on and take you over. They're like, you want one? Here it is. And then your attorney has to be ready to choose a jury and have jury instructions, yeah. that sort of thing. Um, but normally, in a lot of other courts, they will then hunt it up to circuit court And set a date for a jury trial. Um, But do check your jurisdiction because you you might be surprised it's happening then. But you do have the right to a jury trial. And if you request it, just be prepared that there will be a jury trial. Um, It may or may not be that day. But yeah, you can do it. Okay, so let's say we go through the trial. There is overwhelming evidence that I am found guilty. What happens then? Am I immediately, you know... Law and order style, escorted out of the the (laughs) courtroom? Possibly, if you've been sentenced to jail. Okay, so if you're found in Virginia, let's say you were doing 90. Yeah. And the judge thinks, you know what, I think that that is an appropriate amount of speed that you should do at least a couple days in jail. Um, Judge sentences you to five days in jail. Okay, he gives you six months of jail time, suspends all but five days. Um, These are these are likely in Virginia. Okay, so and is that usually because I I actually don't know this? See, sometimes I know the answer to the questions I'm asking. Sometimes you just don't know. So in these sort of things, like in Virginia, at a misdemeanor for a reckless driving, are they sentencing at the same time or are they doing it separately? Usually, usually most states, Maryland and Virginia and other states, usually it's the same time. Okay, usually with a misdemeanor trial, you have your trial on guilty or not guilty, and then immediately have sentencing. Now, you get to argue. Yes. Okay, so the defense attorney, the prosecution says, she's been found guilty. She was going 90 miles per hour. Judge, this is extremely reckless. She put so many people in danger. 
we believe at least a couple days in jail is warranted. And the defense says, she's in college, you're going to ruin her life. And then the judge weighs that and then sentences. Right. In this case, we're going to sentence you to five days in jail. Now Inconvenient, de- but not life ruining. But not life ruining. But your defense attorney stands up and says, don't take her now. Let's have her do weekends. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> That's available as an option? Just check myself into jail for the weekend. And this is why we're talking. Because you don't know you have that option. No, I didn't know I could request when I wanted to attend jail. Sometimes you can. Depends on your jurisdiction. Break that one down for me. Most of Virginia. Now, it may not be given to you. But in Virginia, there's usually an option in each jurisdiction for you to do jail on the weekends. um, So that you could show up on a Friday night. And be checked out by a Sunday night. So you have two days in jail. So let's say you have five days in jail. You show up for one weekend, do two days. You show up for the next weekend, you do two days. You show up for for a third weekend, you do one day. That's really interesting. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I mean, I can see the benefits of that, you know, especially when you have people who are being sentenced to not a lot of time for something that I would say is not very serious, but they have full custody of their kids or right. something like that. They that, have a full-time job. I, you know, yeah. I, I'm not going to be able to pay the fine. This is going to ruin my life if I lose my job. So right. at least let me do the weekends. Sometimes they have staggered weekends where, wow. okay, well, I work through Saturday yeah. I'm a waitress. But I don't work on Monday, Tuesdays, so sometimes they'll be able to show up to the jail on a Monday, Tuesday. It depends on your I think jurisdiction. Really I think really creative. like I'm repeating this almost no, no, like no. a song today. But I think that's really creative. I, I didn't know that was an available option, but... Always ask. That's good. I mean, that's great. They have that. Your defense attorney will know, right? Your defense attorney is going to know. That's why you need to find a defense attorney who's familiar with the jurisdiction. And a lot of times, y'all, the public defenders are the most familiar. They get a bad rap. Everybody's like, oh, my God, I can't have a public defender. But honestly, they are usually the most knowledgeable and the most experienced in that jurisdiction. Because they are in the thick of it constantly. Yeah. They're good. They know what they're doing. Not all of them, but not all paid attorneys are either. True. Um, So you could get just as bad a paid attorney as you could what people normally think of a public defender. I have so much respect for public defenders because they really, like I said, they are just in the thick of it constantly. And they do know, at least from my experience, you know, I think the D.C. public defender's office is kind of a model for a lot of places because of the quality of attorneys they have there. But yeah. I mean, and they know their stuff. They are making very interesting legal arguments um, and then know the things like that that are just, you know, sort of jurisdiction specific. Right. Because if you get a paid attorney who doesn't know the jurisdiction or know the jurisdiction well, they may not know to ask for that. Right. But you want to know all of your options and maybe it's not an option for that jurisdiction. Maybe the judge says, okay, well, it's five days. You go now. Right. You got to be prepared to go now. You, You need to go into court knowing you may be incarcerated there. And you're taken away by the bailiff and you're processed in the court. There are the little, you know, jail cells in the back by the courthouse, behind the courthouse, on the side of the court courtroom, (laughs) I should say. Um, So you go there. Maybe that's an option or there's a, okay, I'll do the five days straight, but I'll report on Friday. Gotcha. There are Time to get yourself in order. Yes. Your defense attorney needs to know the options. They need to know to request those options. Interesting. Can you appeal this conviction? 
Yes, usually you can. Okay. Um, for Virginia, mm-hmm. you can always appeal from Say the, the lower court. They made the wrong call. General district court is what it's called in Virginia. And you have a, a full right to appeal any decision for your criminal case up to circuit court. And it's an appeal de novo, which means you appeal it as if nothing happened. It's a standard appeal. You start over. There's no evidence that's, that's on the record that's brought up with you. It is a brand new trial in front of a brand new judge or jury. Um, and you get to present evidence as if you never have before. You get to ask questions of the officers. They have to present evidence as if they never had before. There's usually some kind of bond required, um, or a fine or a fee that the judge will say, you have to pay this amount into the court in order to get your appeal, but you have a right. That seems prohibitive, but wow. It, It sometimes is. And it's a question the defendants have to say, well, am I willing to pay $5,000 into the court to get my appeal or is it just not worth it? Cause now I'm, you know, yeah. putting $5,000 to get my appeal, but there's is sometimes an appeal bond is what it's called. And you would have to put in money in order to do that. Okay. This is my last question for these lower offenses. Mm-hmm. So for these lower type of things, like a reckless driving, like yeah. these very low level misdemeanors, how much do you see sort of a, a like an, a plea bargaining sort of dynamic with the, I mean, with the prosecutor's office saying, if you're going to keep the charge at reckless driving, we're going to trial and you're going to have to prove it. Not really fun for anybody to have to do that, right? right? And so is there a sort of like, oh, we'll drop it down to the highest speeding? Does that happen a lot? Oh, all the time. All the time. I, you try to do plea negotiations. Now, there are some courts, there's at least one or two jurisdictions in Virginia. Um, I can't remember which counties they are, but there's at least one or two where there is no plea bargaining. None. Like, it's not allowed or it's like a policy? The, the policy for the office is there's no plea bargaining. So every time, every day, they show up and they try every single one of their cases. I'm fascinated about this because this was, I took a plea bargaining class last semester mm-hmm. that I loved. But that was sort of everyone's solution, I think, in the class. Just how people are oriented was like, get rid of plea bargaining. Um not as simple as that. It's not as simple. So I would be so curious to look just at these sort of case studies in counties that do this, what that looks like there. I will tell you, I would not want to prosecute in that county because if you are taking that many cases to trial every single day, talk about some burnout. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you have a right to a trial and we're going to force you to take your right to a trial, but that's a lot of burnout when you have to show up ready to try every single one of your cases every single day. Wow. Um, it's, I don't think it's very efficient or effective, Mm -hmm. but it is a justice system and you are not, you are, you don't have the right to a plea bargain. Yeah. You have the right to a trial and they are giving you the right to your trial. Right. I mean, that's like, that's the theory of how, how it's supposed to work is that the government is supposed to meet this burden of proving something and sort of plea bargaining gets rid of that. Um, but like you said, the efficiency thing there, I have a lot of nuanced thoughts on plea bargaining. I used to be abolish it, get rid of it, but I think it's a little bit more nuanced than that. 
It is. And I I have a lot of respect for the plea, plea negotiation and plea bargaining um, where you can take you, for instance, yeah. you're a law student. You have a lot going on for you in your life. You don't have any prior record. Yeah. I think it is a good thing to be able to go in and plea bargain, negotiate yeah. a plea where the defense attorney can say to the prosecutor, let's not ruin her life. Because if it's a full-fledged misdemeanor, you will have to report that on every job application. Yeah. Right? So every job application she does, she's going to have to report that she was convicted of a misdemeanor. Yes. You don't have to report it if you weren't convicted of a misdemeanor. Except in your law school applications, because they will say, have you ever had a parking ticket? (laughs) Right. So there are some places where you still have to disclose it, but... That was nerve-wracking for me, filling out that. I was like, I've had so many speeding tickets. I don't know. And... You know, depending, so for law school applications, you're absolutely right. For the law school applications, you sometimes have to. For the bar applications, I had a friend of mine in Virginia who had so many speeding tickets that the bar council literally wrote to him and said, for the character and fitness, we're not sure that you are fit for being an attorney because it was a disregard for the law. Yes. Oh, I knew it. See, I knew it. Yeah. They put those horror stories in our ethics textbook, but it was true. It happened to one of my friends. Now, thankfully he got through it, but it is a real thing. So a defense attorney has to know who are you? Yeah. What are you doing? What are you needing? What's your future? Like what's your current and, and how is this going to affect you? So you know yeah. what? It's 90. Let's play down to the highest speeding charge we can get that's not an incarcerable. And I will pay it immediately and then get to move on with my life. Right. right. My negotiation is she will pay the entire fine. Um, right. It will go on her record as a speeding. It will hit her license. license for points, but it is not conviction for a class one misdemeanor. Right. That's what you want to be arguing. And then if it fails, then your next argument is don't put her in jail. Yeah. <laughs> so you have options A, B, and C right. through E. I mean, you have all of the options, but in my mind, especially for like first time offenders, mm-hmm. low level offenders that it's pretty common to, yeah. To plea out. That makes sense. Yeah. I think, what do they say? They, I'm sure the stat is not accurate, but it's like 98 or 99% of charges that are filed do not go to trial. It's like a one to two percent are actually going to trial. Yeah, and that's that's true. A lot of it is plea negotiations and bargaining. Um, a lot is just pleading guilty. <laughs> um, I did it. Paying paying the fine, prepaying the the fine. Um, a lot of it is pleading guilty and then just asking for lower sentencing. Mm-hmm. Um, I took accountability. Mercy, have mercy <laughs> on me. Um, begging for mercy from the court, but, but that's true. So that's, that's a lot of it. But in, in this case, I think it is very productive to have at least an option for plea negotiation. Yeah. Um, but again, you don't have a constitutional right to plea negotiations. You have a constitutional right to counsel. And it's only been within the last like and six years that it's really common. Yeah. Before that, it really wasn't a thing. Well, how many more charges do we have? That's I mean, a that's thing. the thing is how many more charges do we have? How many more incarcerations do we have? I mean, Absolutely. it's the level taking out the social aspect and, and arguments on either side. The fact is it's increasing. Yeah. We have more charges, more defendants. Um, 
than than we ever have. So for sure, there is an efficiency argument as well as hey, if we're prosecuting arguments. people for speeding a lot, there's <laughs> there is right. that, but. I think, I mean, I think we walked through sort of what happens at these lower levels. Yeah. So your lower level offenses. Now, what I'm going to do is mm-hmm. I'm going to cut us off there. Okay. We do have the third one, which we've said we're going to do the felony yes. stop. And have something suspicious in my vehicle. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to do the felony stop next, but I think we're going to do that as a part two. Yeah. I think that that's a good place to stop. Yeah. So... There's your lower level. There's the most common that you're going to be pulled over for, for just the regular person. Um, So then we'll get into the not as common person, but still fairly regular that you would need to know how, how the process goes. What do you think? Look, I'm pumped. I'm excited to see what I've done next. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry you caught me. Yes, as Chelsea is the example, this is this is very exciting. So we are stay tuned as to what horrible crime she's committed next in our hy- hypotheticals. Yes, <laughs> these are not real life examples of what Chelsea has done. These are hypotheticals. Yes, of course. But that's hilarious. But yeah, but there's a lot more steps sort of with these higher levels. Mm-hmm. So we'll dig into that in our part two. Yeah, so stay tuned for part two of what to do if you've been pulled over and charged with something right Um, yeah so that's where we are hey if you like us we would love for you to hit the like button hit the subscribe button do a review do a comment um it helps us to continue the program so that other people have access to it too the more that we have that um, interaction and engagement. The more that other people get notice of it, yeah. um, you can get reminded the next time that that part two comes up. So you're more likely to see it. Also have access to it. Um, so I think that that's a positive thing and we would love for you to do that. Drop a comment, drop an idea of yeah. what you would like to see us talk about regarding the law and how normal people end up coming into contact with the law for criminal, civil, whatever it is. And we would love to uh, do that next time. Yeah, for sure. If you have something interesting in your jurisdiction that's a little bit different than what we talked about, we'd love to hear it or questions or pretty much anything. We love um, interacting with you guys. And Yes. So so stay tuned um, because we are here to answer all your questions that you didn't know. We are not giving legal advice. We are giving scenarios and hypotheticals and saying the, the types of examples that we've seen in our jurisdictions. Do check your own. Do consult your own attorney. We are not your attorneys. I am not a attorney. <laughs> she is not an attorney at all. She is our hypothetical example as a law yeah. student. Um, but do talk to your own attorney. Do question your own jurisdiction. But in general, hopefully this is a little bit of an idea of what happens overall. And we will catch you next time. We are um, with Tarani Law LLC because you never need a lawyer. Till you do.